so we're recording. Is it enough? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Hello. This is a podcast of Glean, a Brussels-based contemporary art magazine. My name is Bas Blasse. I'm the online editor at Glean. And today I speak with Emmanuel Kertin. She is an artist and painter, and she is currently showing new work in Beige, a gallery space in Brussels. The exhibition, My Address, presents 440 watercolors that Emmanuel painted while looking at her computer screen. The show is a portrait of the artist's IP address. Here's Emmanuel Kertin. Hello, Emmanuel. Hello, Bas. All of a sudden, it sounds official. Doesn't need to be. Anyways, thanks for having me in the, in the gallery. Thanks to you. Um, there are one, two, three, four walls covered with A4 paintings, watercolor paintings. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what we're seeing here? Yes, I think it's a show called My Address and it's a portrait of my internet protocol address. So I try to... Um, sorry? What actually is an IP address? Well, I'm not informatician, but what I can say is that um, your any, um, any numerical device have a, who's connected to the web yeah. have an address. And I, they call it an IP internet protocol. It's like your real life address, but it's just to trace the device you use um, and what activity it's on. It's like a signature coming from a personal, um, a personal device. And so I have a, a, a computer, uh, just one that I use uh, at my place of living. And uh, all the things that we are clicking on the web permanently and, and seeing through the screens are data which are um, registered and most of the time sold, from what I understood. And they can provide a kind of sociologic profile of you, uh, kind of very well furnished. And, um, and from there, we can exploit um, your, your, your attention, uh, what you want to buy. So yeah, digital, a digital world and how to bring that kind of uh, realness thing, virtuality into the world of painting or interpret it or propose um, a kind of, of uh, equivalent response to these issues about how uh, we are object or subject nowadays. And that's interesting because through your IP address Companies know that they buy your information. They sort of know how to um, target exactly target you with advertisements. But then here, there there are no advertisements, right? Um, yes, because I tried so, so, to. So what are we seeing? We see a lot of so it's screenshots, video screenshots. It's a series of uh, documents I've been selecting on true criterion. The first one, which was beginning and intuitive, was to paint all the things I don't understand that I see. And so I had to... And when, was that exclusively online? Yes. Yeah. So the idea was really to, to 
to, in a way, capitalize on that time we lose and we give for free on the web to re-bring re it back into painting. Because I was thinking it's the time we spend in front of those screens, there is no reason the artists are out of those category of consumer. And how can I be uh, kind of um, tra not transparent, but at least um, bring back that moment of, of, of brain using <laughs> into an aesthetical gesture, something like that. And, um, and so here are uh, selections of videos. Um, the, 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 the painting I've been able to do quite fast, uh, looking at them, sometimes stopping how, how, the video. How many paintings are here? 440. So 44 line of 11 painting from the rooftop to the ground. Right. The idea was to have a big amount, of course, of image because um, there are so much more image <laughs> since there is 24 image in one second in an animation film and even in advertising. There are so much image we are consuming. It's just to, to show this feeling of being completely overwhelmed and having no capability to understand what we are confronted to and what we are in front and what we have to deal with our attention simply. So I thought, okay, a show where paintings are going until the roof, <laughs> like it was an infinite scrolling affair, something like that. So that's an installation, even in my mind, before becoming a painting and or a gesture of drawing because watercolor have something of in between of I would say drawing and, and painting uh, watercolor is super fast also so it's a technique which is kind of uh, nice to use for that kind of issues or problematics and so first videos of things I did on the student I remember that the video of the um, engines of uh, Rolls-Royce um, constructor of, 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 of planes was the first one the BBC documentary so you can mm -hmm. see an amount of image about these engines and the way they are constructed and I don't understand anything <laughs> a bit. Did you um, learn anything about it? Of course, it's quite fascinating. For instance, they test the, the metallic, uh, how do you say that kind of thing? Inside the reactor there are lots of metallic slates which are kind mm -hmm. of turned and bound to make the air coming shapely inside the, the, the engine and make it strong to use to, to lift the plane and there are workers who are using hammers to test if the, the, the shape is right they are banging on the metal and the computer can register the wave of the sound to check if it's exactly the right one so they use a kind of a pitch to check whether the warping is correct yes with the, the recount of the sound the way it's bound doing the, the sound it's, it's have to say it's the right exactly the right shape. They have their own metal, they do their own crystal of metal, there are plenty of specific form. Um, even the tests they do to test the machines, like they're in the NASA, it's huge engines and they put a lot of air inside and it, when it doesn't work, it take fire, it blow out, but it's like three buildings high, such a big thing, engines, so yes. So, and I try, I don't try to learn, but since it's going on, I'm, I'm learning a bit <laughs> because I listen to things. I am sensible to sound. It's, uh, it's funny, I remember when I was still in high school or student, oftentimes I, I was drawing while listening to maybe a recording of a, of a seminar. So that will probably have been in, in university, but 
and somehow the drawing, I was just doodling. It was like nothing concrete, but it helped me to focus on what I was listening to. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's this phenomenon with music. You recall landscape, place you were, people you have seen. So do, you, do you think there is a report between you, your drawings or like drawing while looking at these videos and your recollection of what's actually dis being displayed? Because you're talking about a lot of media that's sort of in the overabundance of images. And I think very often we don't really notice so much of what we're actually seeing or consuming. Even outside. Huh? So maybe this <laughs> makes you more conscious of what you're actually watching. Oh, definitely. It's a, it's a huge analysis and critic moment. <laughs> and each uh, subjects are in a way choosing the, the hanging in the end for the, the show. But what, uh, what I strictly kept is the order I paint, the, the document I was seeing. So uh, the time frame of uh, the, the report is visible. If you can, there is a publication with the URL address of each video, so people can go and see for themselves if they are interested. Or I don't know. There is this possibility to compare even the time of the video, the video, and the amount of, of painting I've been producing for this kind of subject. But what you say was uh, this time we spend looking at things and and focusing on them and having this double activity, so listening at something while doing something with your hands, um, it might give, give this um, sensation of deafness about humanity with memories, the capability we have to, to recall to something and, and define our, our density through time as person. Because if we are, it's something very, very famous from Anna Arendt that a lot of people, Proust also called about, write about that with the Madeleine, um, this experience we can have through times of our memory, define something of who we are as, as human beings and also with the complexity of our relation or interaction. Literature is kind of very well done with that because they don't have image. Uh, that's also something I loved in the end of Education Sentimentale of Gustave Flaubert. I don't know if you read that book. I haven't read it, no. It's a main character named Frédéric, which is completely in love with a woman who is married. And it's in that, in that time where it was completely impossible to have a relation to that kind of social configuration. And in the end of the book, when he gets older and he gets two times, two lovers, and, and he's not um, as, as fresh and as, as, as loved he would be as a first time to this Madame Arnaud. She came to this place when he, he's very old and she let him know she, get us, she, she understood he was loving her. And he said, oh, toutes mes souffrances autrefois étaient payées. It's like changing all the time again and then you understand that all the things you were trying to do around you were kind of pointless and suddenly it makes sense for all the all this historical time frame, and all the suffering is pointless. He was thinking that it was uh, hopeless in a way because mm. she even doesn't remark him, and she said, "No, no, I, <laughs> I was sensible to it, and I understood it." And so, you say, "Oh, in the end, that was not living it for alone in a way." Uh, it's a like more more romantic way, but I think this um, thing happened to ourselves when we are listening and looking and in that it's it's like 
infuse, uh, infuse, it gives an impression, a global impression of a feeling about a moment of time. Uh, it's definitely um, something we carry with us. That's why I think it's intimate in a way, uh, what we do in front of those screens. screens and it's weird that it's, um, it's, sell, it's, sell, it's sold. sold. It's sold so freely. Yeah. It's uh, in the, in the publication that comes along with the exhibition. It's also mentioned, as you said, uh, how much time you spend in front of the screen, which is like about more than 10 hours. And then the time spent on drawing, I guess. Yes. But you write, it's an estimation of the time of concentration, which I think is very nicely put. <laughs> it's not work or um, it's, it's, it's sort of a valuable Fortunately, in my case, it became work, but, uh, yeah. but it's an estimation of a time of being concentrated. And, and, there, and there, there is a parallel, it seems, actually, with the story of um, Flaubert's story that in the end, something sort of comes back to itself and like starts to make sense. And like here you have a lot of sort of time we normally maybe consider as wasted time in front of like scrolling through your Instagram feed or something. Um, or yeah, clicking on the next YouTube video, and then all of a sudden you make it into sort of you, you reappropriate that time and um, yeah, the clicking and being active through your IP address. And questioning this strange context we are living in, because sometimes I wonder how much these content, these these contents we are looking into the streams are deter determining the way we are able to think or to interact with each other. It really have an impact on our society, um, of, on our politics now. It's been quite clear with Cambridge Analytica problem that uh, it can influence the public decisions. It can silence people. There is this uh, global phenomenon of harassing women on the webs, um, which is super violent and people became super afraid in real life. So there are lots of, of things of which are virtually happened into the, our behavior, into this platform, which can, is a mirror of our realm that have an influence in here in a direct world will here uh, constitute with a real interaction and it's weird to say it this way but uh, direct act, uh, uh, interaction I would say without virtuality and um, the, yeah, the question is how to how to yeah how to con to bring this to, to reappropriate this question and is it me who chose this video or is it just algorithm who suggested? And also as soon as we can be considered as a resource, is our, our, our concentration or attention is a, is a resource that can be used nowadays, the same as fuel, the same as water. Um, are we still persons? <laughs> are we still subjects? At least this psychoanalyst uh, subjectivity that we have learned from the beginning of 20th century? Or are we only tools and objects? And so if I'm an author or an artist and I'm pretending uh, being a, a person who has a point of view, <laughs> it's such a weird way to say it nowadays, um, is it still the case? Since the, the conceptual definition of humanity through those use is something that you can pump in a way, use and, and capitalize on the time of thinking. 
something that are able to be articulated in something. Or so I wanted to bring back, bring this question inside this project and also maybe ask them to the visitors. Right, and, and I mean, what I find already sort of confronting is like, I guess often when you enter a gallery space, it's like, it's white walls. There is a, there is a, a certain, um, a certain quality of concentration inside the gallery space, because which is different, which is different than the outside world. You know, like I step into the gallery space and I sort of take a step back from this overabundant reality or something. But then here I enter and there is this massive wall with all these paintings that are sort of overwhelming also visually. So it's kind of, it never leaves you, you know, it's like, it's, it's haunting in a way. I hope that the gallery is still the gallery, the way you say it, so that it's a step in a specific space dedicated to at least uh, an aesthetical question or a um, new form of writing, because I've never been painting this way either. It's completely new for me to try to grab at an image this way and to do the simulate work of being very synthetic and gives uh, the visibility of a general view. So I, I hope it's still, there is something readable. As you spoke about this white space, I thought I leave. I left the first room uh, more white than the second. It's, it's a choice. It's also because the paper doesn't react the same uh, from the aquarelle. There are two different papers, but I like this uh, white of the wall still situating the work in that maybe maybe modern modernity or white cube life, uh, at least from the sixties, even earlier, from my I recall, because it's so it's it's simulate something light. Even there is a big amount of work, something if everything light. is light, yeah. So it's, even if it's something is nearly white in the first room, it's, it's a few lines and sometimes we can even, we get there is a human figure, but there is no face, it's really a resume or something very synthetic. Um, give, give, I, I hope it gives the impression that even if we cannot grasp as an image or if you cannot understand what it is, um, it's it's uh, it's it's normal because we cannot understand. So maybe we can. <laughs> this 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 feeling of being completely overwhelmed is our condition for me in a way, and so it's it's okay. So you reproduce the condition we're in, basically. I simulate or something. Uh, on the yeah. world the world is is really crude because I don't. I'm I'm really uh, how how to say. Um, targeting something, mm -hmm. so it's not faking it, but uh, I try to, to organize this, um, this parallel, uh, no, wondering if it's a condition of us or not, uh, maybe more this way. Maybe we can talk a little bit more in detail about the actual paintings, because as you said, maybe we don't understand them, there are a lot of paintings that are quite abstract, they're in watercolor, as you said, there are two different uh, kind of, kinds of paper uh, you've used, but maybe first um, I wanted to ask, you conceived this um, kind of installation before you actually started painting, is that correct? You mean uh, that I had the installation? You had the idea of making this installation in your yes. mind? 
And then how did you start painting and how did you choose um, well, the, the, the video, the basic, the content yes. on which it is based? Um, so mainly first world was on industrial videos about machines, mm -hmm. like the content of inside, inside the portable phone. And then you just, you, you decided, okay, that's a... That's so that's from a subject, you, you go into YouTube or media yeah. and you type a, a subject and you go for the image which are a bit representative. You don't, I don't search along long time, but I wanted to include... So it's quite, it, there is a sort of a, a random element of that, that yes, the things in of, each of what them we're there seeing are, here also. Mm -hmm. um, I also wanted to include the news, so public affairs and what happened nowadays. And so these are the two ways of searching or having an image or video. It's uh, going on a platform, looking at something you don't understand, for instance on YouTube, or going onto another one, another media, another communication um, support, say in French, uh, uh, some, 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 some uh, channels on, on the web, and see what they propose in the actual actuality. So you uh, use sort of the, this algorithm that definitely targets you as an IP address. Exactly, trying to be a bit, trying to be a bit passive in the process to try to experiment as it was a neutral condition but still choosing something and not something else. So bah, 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 you, you orientate a subjective... Um, and did you, did, you, um, did you do this in one flow? I mean, you probably didn't do all these paintings in one go, but like how long in terms of weeks or months or years did you work on this? This project series? began in March, but the main production was this summer, so two months. But there was moments I was already painting that way through the, these last months, but uh, I spent a very dense time doing that regularly, like three times a week, uh, six hours or five hours, depending on four, but regularly. Six hours consecutively. Most I have been doing was five, because if you have to keep the concentration, it's, uh, you have to stop after a while. Can okay, you say something about the watercolor? You said you haven't used it before? And I had the map of the gallery. So I knew that I, I simulate um, the gallery in my mind in the studio, doing some testers with different hang way of hanging, with different lines. And I thought the gallery was bigger. So I've done too much drawing for what I estimate that I have to do for the quantity of this show. Sorry, your question was? Um, about the watercolor you've used. I began to use watercolor when we met a bit before because I had my first kid and I didn't have any We, we met uh, a few years ago during uh, another project you did. Maybe we can talk so, later about it. Definitely. So I thought that's the ideal moment to begin because watercolor has this so kitschy reputation of being the kind of peintre du dimanche doing something uh, with this uh, very... I don't know how to explain but it has something uh, stereotype about uh, an, a person who is not seriously involved into a contemporary art question, like a bit amateurist and superficial uh, or naive maybe. And I thought uh, for a mother, how, how good, because I also had in my mind so much trouble to, to, um, to, to, to be sure I would be able to be focused on my work the same amount I was before. And so, and, and, and there was also a studio issue at that time, not anymore. But so I was really wondering uh, 
how to continue to paint on a regular basis without the condition that I had before. And then watercolor begin with painting at uh, some image from the dictionaries and the motor, and so the, the, the battery of the cars were really interesting subjects for me. I liked it to do that because it's really something you don't understand where the wire is going and, uh, and then what the other wire is going and it's how it's this kind of strange tools re reflect a bit like digestive system. Even the, for, for the form of the shapes of the, the engine looks like sometimes body part. Uh, it's super weird, the battery. And so I was painting that in watercolor. And then uh, it it's became something I dared to do because before I never used watercolor. Because by training, or maybe not by training, but you are a painter, right? Yes. Would you consider yourself as a, describe yourself as a painter? Yes, because painting is kind of a very exclusive uh, love. <laughs> it's difficult to uh, include into, into your practice as an artist, for me at least. Something else that painting, I, I always, it's already a lot to, um, to, to think this uh, question as an aesthetic question, to include more. Uh, I'm not a genius. <laughs> so most of the time it had been painting, oil, oil painting, because I, I wanted to inscribe, inscribe, inscribe sorry, this uh, historical, uh, historical heritage maybe. Yeah. Oil painting is an old, old painting. And so I hoped I could continue being linked with all these ancestors through this kind of technique. But I don't have any technique um, um, formation or study. Train? You, you, you were not trained as a, as no. a painter? No. We were trained as doing everything after Duchamp. Doing art. <laughs> doing art, exactly. So maybe we can um, go back to when we met uh, maybe two or three years ago. You were working on a sort of sort of an ironic mill order catalog. Can I call it like that? That's the title. Mail mill order. order catalog. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, after the invitation of the France Mavé Center. Uh, Which so is a printing center? Printing mainly. I had the possibility Canada. to work there a few months. And they do residencies for the, the yes, they do. artists can go there to but explore different types of printing techniques. Exactly. But in my case, it was um, a project. They had um, a side of the residency inviting some artists for different production projects. And I had focused on the, on the machines which are uh, reproducing very cheaply um, the, the different type of, of image, uh, Japanese machine, but now the name is lacking in my mind. Rizzo, thank you. Uh, with the machines, uh, moving paintings mainly on the screen of the machine or page of this dictionary. Um, since I was there to do something on printing and on painting, I was hoping to formulate a kind of common comments of how to paint with other methods. And these machines were, um, were the brush. I was hoping to, to mix the, the mediums this way. And so, in the end, after all these experimentation of the slippery image on Rizzo, I was thinking the best way to show all this experience and production would be um, a publication 
because there were lots of them and very, um, very much a, a copy machine produced a lot of things, much more than, than, than me, and everything seems wonderful. Mm -hmm. Go out of the machine, it's difficult. Visually, it's very... It's pretty. It's aesthetically, it's very... Aesthetically, uh, the result is, is really, it's really beautiful, and so I thought, um, and I love that it's so cheap, it doesn't cost anything, it's... Uh, it's a slippery image, so it has something linked with liquidity and, and painting and liquid are things which are going together. And was it the first time you did printmaking? Yes. I had done uh, etching when I was in two studies, but uh, printmaking, I, I didn't knew the machines. And so I decided to, to do a kind of uh, Boiton Valise. I was mentioning Duchamp, so being a doing a commercial gesture, so a publication where we're simulating to sell all of these different images, being so really repetitive and showing them like with this no hierarchy and equivalence between all these different um, views of, of deformed, deformed paintings, um, simulating... Copied uh, paintings, copied over and over and over again. Yeah, so, and it was a humoristic approach because we with the graphist I work with, Caroline Ballon, we translate um, the, the, the catalogs for, for selling um, administrative or bureau device, all, all the things you can buy when you are a sell, uh, so like an independent, we say in Belgium. So mm -hmm. you have this uh, entrepreneur status and, yeah. and you, you can buy all the things you need for your office. So your pen, so like your staplers. Stapler, exactly. So we choose that kind of, of of um, advertising. Do these, do these catalogs still exist, actually? Like oh, I definitely. There was 200 of them. Mm. But lots of them have been living their lives into different... No, I mean, the, like, are these sort of mill-order catalogs for office things still being produced? Like, it seems when you are, uh, yeah, when you are your own uh, entrepreneur <laughs> in Belgium, you've been receiving them by the post. It's, it's been a few years I haven't received them. I think the last one were before uh, COVID, actually. Because talking about, I mean, we're now here in a room full of material, sort of gestures, reproductions of digital content, and the, this sort of mill order catalog seems to be a thing of the 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 past, like it's a pre-digital. Even the paper, thing. you always wonder. Life became more and more expensive and um, printing and paper and photographer and all the, the, these materials were printed became uh, super, super expensive and unaffordable, difficult to pretend it can be a collective use or refer to something where the, the younger generation have the experience, I mean, as a, something you, you are regularly having into your hands. Um, so yeah, you would wonder that's also something a bit maybe ironic or, or, or dull about my love of catalog is that um, it pretends you can use that kind of, of, um, of, of way of, of uh, buying something nowadays, even if it's nearly we are, we are completely done with those uh, objects. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's why I wanted to go there because there is this notion of sort of the, the professional or like being a professional and there is this this playfulness and, and very humoristic approach to living your life as a professional artist mm -hmm. um, 
and and maybe that sort of ties back into what you mentioned about the watercolor paintings. There is a lightness to them, and it seems to also play with the notion of what's considered a professional, maybe an artistic gesture or something that belongs to an artist. At the same time, you're presenting here in a gallery space. Definitely, you're completely right. <laughs> I, I always uh, want to trigger that uh, definition of what is work, what is artistic work, what is being a professional, what is being consequent about or, or coherent about what you're doing. And um, uh, since it's a question mark in my mind about the artistic form and the way we organize our work and the way it became a, a métier, a profession, um, I tried to underline that in a way. It has something to do with surviving also, since uh, we don't have any official way of being professional. I mean, there are professional artists, there are lots of them, I and mean, not a lot, but real ones, really good ones. Um, but there is not a definition of that. And, um, yeah. I, I always um, think it's something maybe how you how you live that work uh, into society which place does it have um, who does it reach and um, as a work definitely how is it understood and how can it um, have its own space that's why it's also nice to have it in a gallery. I, I, I think I read somewhere that you said something along the lines of like the role of the artist is to contribute to public life or something like this. Um, how, how do you see the, the paintings contributing to yeah, the world out there that's rife with like an overload even of, of images, visual stimuli. Um. As you say, I hope we do a step aside. I, I hope painting um, propose a kind of model, a new model that you cannot, uh, that, 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 is, that is his own way and that can inspire maybe the possibility of something we hadn't thought before, seeing it as a new being new presenceness um, and that's I think that's contributing as that's something I thought about these images I'm trying to be faithful to what I see so I try to really relate the best I can the content inside of the screen the way the media dispose of the image the way things are shown so don't fake it don't change the colors don't try to interpret in a manner which is singular aesthetic or any way I really try to grab the image the way it is but um, so to make it readable. But recently I was reading that, that small essay from uh, Michel Welbeck about Quelques mois dans ma vie, that's the title. He justified himself after the fact he was um, in a trial with a, Kirak, a group of artists who filmed him. Um, and he tried to explain it without his consent, what is going on with this image. And they filmed him in, 
it was a strange situation, but they felt Already like having sex with someone, I think. Exactly. Um, the film is not out, so we still don't know, but there is a trailer. And if he didn't have seen the trailer before it was uh, released, and so he re reacted quite strongly to the fact that there were images there that he didn't want it to have, uh, have, have public. It's also a very important issue, huh? divulgation of image. Um, divulgation, it's, it's in English, or it's French. Okay, um, making public an image that you, of you, um, naked or in, into a, a sexual content, for instance, that you don't want to be seen. And how does it have an impact on your consciousness, on your body, and, and the, the feeling that it, it's uh, generating? Um, and for you, this, and, and what you're doing in this project then, is also related to consent and control? And I think so. At least, um, what does it mean when AI can reuse all the images who were produced, even by art? Um, what does it mean to have uh, image where are used unpaid, what is copyright, what does it imply, what, um, what are the consequences of, of the way we use image nowadays maybe, or specifically or what do we leave to the next generation, because I think it's quite criminal and unfair. Also there is an emergency to, to really reflect those, those, those questions. Maybe that's a way to contribute to public life, the way you mentioned it. I mean, the way you were saying something I've said before, but what remarked me in that, in that essay that I would advise to read because it was uh, interesting the way somebody who had been treated as uh, an object re repositioned himself as a subject in front of a situation which is delicate and painful and maybe also a bit humiliating at a certain point he put it into this affair and he didn't the way he behaved <laughs> in front of information is like denying. So he, he wasn't he, even not knowing they were payable. So Welbeck seems to me in the way he write and position himself as somebody who don't care so much about the political context of nowadays. He's occupied with literature and, and which is kind of strange because his literature is very political. Yes, but you realize when you read that that it must be uh, kind of maybe internal to a country debate or something very specific or, or more writing that, that politic. Uh, I think he's a very good writer. Uh, it's the only thing I've read from him, uh, but I know he's like a very famous writer. Uh, I mean, somebody who has been very prolific and involved and, and completely inside literature. And you feel that in that essay too. But I thought you should know there is pay belt as an artist. You should be concerned by the fact that there are lots of people living lots of different things. It's kind of impossibility, at least, in a way, public life, because you cannot um, be sure you contribute. But at least, it's like Bouvard et Pécuchet. I go back to Flaubert most of the time. Uh, these people want to know everything. They want to, 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 to know the more thing possible to know. <laughs> and so they read and they try to to be expert of everything, there is something absurd, completely absurd in this, this behavior. But I find it useful to painting. And, uh, and also um, at least trying to, to give a space to something you don't understand, something like that. And it's a, a strange gesture to do, but that's so important. Um, from what I get, through teaching, for instance, is that uh, 
destiny of people sometimes they need to be uh, just listen or just to find space to put two things into a drawing and from there it's really changing your the capacity you have to understand yourself it really changing your your relation to language um, so it's it's a, I think art have a really um, powerful um, function in itself and that can contribute to public life because when we are kids, we all draw, and at a certain point, we became unsatisfied of this drawing, and sometimes we stop drawing. But uh, drawing for me is like writing; it's a it's a capacity of human being, and um, and we should understand better why there is a point we stopped, because um, it's a language for itself, and um, and that's also a way of of uh, making people more free. <laughs> Something like that. And also, as you mentioned, it's a way to better understand ourselves through maybe opening up, I don't know, sort of visual confrontations with things we don't understand that are like, and it's, it's almost ironic when I was waiting here in front of the gallery, I saw that across there's another kind of commercial gallery that has like series of portraits of women in, on display which are like um, sort of decorative paintings for With people to buy. Also, no? There are no Something like this, but at least the, the, the pictures are not not necessarily challenging sort of the uh, conventional the ways of, of depicting women. So ah, that's so regular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're not so occupied with that. No. This is communication. There, there is a critique, I guess, in, in your maybe playful approach to, to this opening up of a, of a new space, right, of a, new, of a different... There is a critique, but against, uh, against mass society, against the way we are mistreated, about the way we, we are abandoning our planets, our children, there is something really disgusting. Yeah. I think there is really an emergency, actually. That's also why I, I do art. There is so much things to to but then fix, you can ask a to question. do differently, right, to yeah. try to do something else. But you else. mentioned you mentioned the traces and the things naive, we, we leave behind for yeah, future generations or whatever. And I, I was thinking about the the paper you've used. We haven't actually talked about it, but I was looking at at least uh, one type of paper you've used seems to be. Uh, Maybe leftover material, or there is something on the back of this. Yes, paper? definitely. This is a leftover or reused. So it was a printing shop who closed, and it was a. In, after that came the 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 uh, former owner I have for the studio place. I've been working a lot in Anderlecht, mm -hmm. and he had uh, when he closed up uh, closed his business, he had plenty of paper and say all the paper you have, Michel, please don't trash it and give it to me. And so I inherited, inherited yeah, this way so from a different type of paper. And this one, A4, was um, a brand for a company, which is Société Belge de Mathématiques and of Economy. And when I first done this uh, test of, of data paintings with this séance plénière up there, I was really unsure what I was doing. And so I thought I could reuse something and try with that. And eventually and in the you, end, used, you ended up using it. It became uh, logic and something more systematic because um, 
I thought it's nice to have a background about mathematics and economy because the numerical world is also a lot about new mathematics and about money and uh, capitalizing and so why not economy? And is there some sort of aspect of environmental... There is this, the consciousness of that question, but I have this sensation, uh, this impression I'm keeping very paradoxical with that because I thought it's important or nice to reuse and this one is a good occasion, so let's continue on that, on that, uh, that paper. But for instance, the second room is on a UPO paper. Uh, this is a, company, a Japanese company who do a paper with polyester pellets and they claim it's more ecological so that we don't use tree, it's from the waterproof, and it can be used very different ways. So they claim it's an um, ecological gesture to paint on both papers, but it's polyester, and polyester is plastic bubble, maybe, uh, mainly. <laughs> so I, I don't know if it's really ecological. Uh, so I, want, I wonder and how so much... Of, I, I, they send me also the way, the, a technical fish, the way we have to reuse the, the UPO paper. And it's a paper where you can uh, erase a lot of things you do, so it can be reused and reused, so super nice and very solid. So you have a lot of, maybe you have um, ecological quality, but I doubt that, <laughs> because they are also involved into plastic in different business and, and uh, accepting into the show those two types of, of questioning what is ecology and how can we do something going to that direction as artists, may stay paradoxical. How do you navigate that yourself, like contributing in a way to like discussions about, well, whatever, like ecolo ecological questions, but then also, you're also producing new things, right? You're contributing in another way to the pile of products we, al the, also as artists, we do that, or like the magazine as we produce. people, I think. There is, for me, sometimes- How, how do you I, navigate that? I have this impression there is no more paradoxical question into a capitalist society to try to even do an ecological gesture because what we do day after day is this consumerism and it's super hard <laughs> to, to imagine a model or a way of doing something else. But we could be more radical, we could be more consequent, and we could definitely, there are like, uh, like now this commissioner, European commissioner, are, are making laws on trying at least to make boundaries to the way AI is used inside the European Union. But we also do that kind of thing with uh, ecological issues. I guess it's not uh, enough, definitely not, and not, uh, still not done um, at the maximum level, but uh, still art. I don't know why artists should not ask themselves those questions. There are more and more of us, so <laughs> we should also get involved into the, these questions. But uh, since it's, it's, sometimes it seems absurd to me, because you can count your... It's, it's important, as Marina Rollman says, she's a Swiss humorist, that uh, we all do small things at a certain level. If everybody does something and at a small scale, it will at least rise a thing in a better direction. So we, we should um, begin there. <laughs> As Jacques Leroux say, we should start somewhere. It's somewhere we can begin. So it's already something. Um, the beginning. I mean, that's a nice point to end <laughs> our conversation. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks Marianne. again for you. <laughs>
This was Emmanuelle Cartin about her show, My Address in Belge, in Brussels. If you want to find out more, go to our website www.glean.art.